Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast that's all about the intersection between yoga and body acceptance. Today my guest is the wonderful Flora Boley. I found Flora's work a couple years ago online, and I have to say that while I consider myself a creative person in some arenas, I never identified as an artist in terms of painting or drawing, but Flora's beautiful work around connecting with yourself and your body and creating from that place of intuition made me think that it just might be possible. (laughs) (laughs) Flora is an internationally celebrated painter, workshop facilitator, top-selling author, visionary, and inspirationalist. I think one of the things that inspires me most about her is how she seems to use art as a tool for connecting with oneself, and then that process also feeds the artistic process, which is really how I see yoga, and we'll talk about that, Flora. I imagine you might as well. So we'll talk about all this and more, but for now, welcome, Flora. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to start out with a question that I've been starting all of the interviews with, which is, what was your relationship with your body like as a young person? I was I was a pretty active little person. I was uh, quite the you know explorer. Um, I I spent a lot of my time growing up at a at a cabin that we had in Wisconsin. So lots of days you know roaming free and playing in the water and in the woods. So I was. I feel I was really embodied when I was little, mm. and then as soon as I started to hit that period of growth, which for me happened in this really massive, almost like overnight kind of way, where I just sprouted up and I was suddenly the tallest person in my class by far, oh, and I, it was just uh, very awkward. I would the word awkward comes to mind mm. because I, you know, I wasn't like catching up to my body; it was growing so fast. So then I went through all these years of just feeling. Um, very self-conscious about being the tallest person and just a little bit, you know, so gangly. That was my experience. Um, and you know, eventually when I became probably around 20, I started to fill that out and become back in my body in a way that was more comfortable, but there was, yeah, there was a big gap there of just, yeah, feeling very disconnected, I would say. Mm -hmm. And what helped you come back in your twenties? You know, to be totally honest, it was uh, yoga was a huge, huge part of it. I I started practicing yoga when I was about 21, and at that point in my life, it was I was really just uh, such a seeker in terms of new ways of looking at the world. I was I was couldn't get enough uh, new information about that, reading lots of books, and so I I just thought yoga was some kind of like spiritual path that would lead me somewhere, and I actually <laughs> didn't know much about it at the time, but mm-hmm. um, I lived in this little mountain town in Colorado, and I, you know, went to the one yoga studio and happened to be these amazing Iyengar teachers, um, and the teacher that I started um, taking classes with just was one of those people that just really influenced my life in so many ways. She just was extremely inspiring and extremely knowledgeable about the, all the limbs of yoga. So it was mm. much more than just a physical experience, um, but it did also bring me back into my body in that way that I feel like I had lost a bit through my teenage years. Yeah. So that was a huge part of it. I also became really into snowboarding for about 10 years. It was a, a major part of my life. So cool. I think the combination of snowboarding and um 
and yoga practice were were both extremely um, grounding for me to sort of bring me back to that, just having a relationship that felt comfortable again. Yeah, I could see some qualities of yoga being present or being required even for snowboarding. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, so, so much balance and uh-huh. then just the the meditative um, aspect, I think, was what, was what I really loved about it. I would just go off by myself in the trees usually. And, and have <laughs> sort of a, I, I look back now and I realize, well, that was really like my spiritual practice then. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's all really related. Hmm. And that seems really true for your work that you're doing now as well. I love the framework of your book, which is Let Go, Be Bold unfold. It feels like a life mantra. <laughs> you could easily kind of um, pick up. I love it. it. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, the more and more I go inside of this, this teaching that I'm doing with the painting practice, I really am just so lit up and inspired by all those metaphors. Like they're just never ending about how to practice um listening to intuition practice being brave practice trusting ourselves like these are the foundations for the painting practice but it's uh quite easy to translate those into everyday living too so Mm -hmm. i get pretty excited about all of that yeah because it's all organic and kind of speaks to each other sounds like Mm -hmm. and i know that you're a yoga teacher too do you teach yoga separately now or is it part of what you're doing with your painting workshops or does it yeah, all kind I taught, of blend? I taught yoga for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, uh, when I started teaching pain, and I had sort of stopped teaching teaching yoga a, a number of years before I started teaching painting. Uh, and so then, you know, I, I just decided I was ready to just be a student of yoga again. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of where I was at. And then when I started teaching painting, you know, the very first class I taught, I immediately just realized that all of these different interests, um, the yoga, the movement, the, the spiritual path, the, the painting, the creative practice, all of it became sort of integrated. And it was really mm. a cool awakening for me because I, had, I, I think I had always seen those parts of my life, like all the different passions and interests, as somewhat separate. And so when suddenly they all came together, it was like a huge aha moment. And, and so the yoga, um, the years of teaching yoga and practicing yoga, so beautifully um, connected right into the painting practice, because, you know, like, like you were saying that my, my main intention with the, with the painting is connecting back to intuition. And for me, that is found in my body, my physical body. So Mm. I think, you know, it's really, um, what I what I see often in students is is the stories in our heads um, are what gets in our way of of just that place of pure freedom of expression. Yeah. Um, you know. It's, yeah. And so if we can get out of that place of just the stories, right, and the the di- inner dialogue that's not always so helpful, if we can drop into our physical body and find a little movement and find a little flow, whatever that looks like, then I feel like there's that we can move from that place and the creative inspiration just, just flows in such a different way than if we're just deciding what we're supposed to do and trying to achieve that through our critical thinking minds. It's, it's a real tricky place to work from when you're working with a creative process. So yeah, so, so body awareness, body movement is a, 
is how I start my workshops. It's how mm. we take breaks in the middle of the workshops. And it's just a constant thread throughout the, the process. Yeah, I love that. Because it seems like you said, otherwise you're in intellectualizing or resistance or something else rather than the present yes. moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of dovetailing on that, it seems like from what you're saying that being able to kind of accept your body as well as your creative process is really important to the work that you're doing. How do you see body and self-acceptance as being part of that? Well, I, I you know I realized a couple years back um, that the actually the the core foundation of the work that I'm teaching all comes from self-love, mm. and that was a really that was another aha moment. Of, yeah. of like, wow, it is all it's all about worthiness and trusting ourselves and yeah, just acceptance and compassion. And it's only, and it's really only from that place that, that, you know, that we're able to fully embrace the mystery of the creative process. Because my, what I present is this, this idea of letting go of needing to know what's going to happen. Mm. So it's not about, you know, like we're going to put a bowl of fruit out and try to paint a still life. It's not about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a valid practice, but that's not what we do. Um, I get, you know, the first thing we do is actually, you know, we close our eyes and we paint with our hands to a, to a really inspiring song. Mm. So it's, it's this whole other approach and it's, it's letting go of needing to know and that can be a really vulnerable place, right? When, we, yeah. when we're just making marks and trusting that somehow it's going to all come together. That, that, that requires a lot of trust. And trust requires a lot of self-love. Yeah. So, um, you know, whether it's, yeah, it's, the whole, I, it's just a very holistic experience. So it does in, include just accepting our bodies, accepting where, where we're at in the moment, whether that is like a place of frustration or a place of unknowing, it's like really accepting that where you're at is perfect all the time and moving from that place and actually letting all that stuff that's coming up for you be, you know, be your teachers and be what, what brings you forward, um, in the process while remembering the whole time that we always have the choice to choose again you know if if we're sort of going down a path that feels like a dark hole it's like okay can you notice that and then not add another layer of judgment to that but just like remember that you have the power to choose again and so I work with a lot of affirmations lots of intention setting Mm. Uh, I really try to get my students to remember why they're there you know why are you painting what what's the point how do you want to feel when you're painting it's probably not um full of criticism right that's not right. Like so right <laughs> so yeah it also it just continually circles back to self-love self-acceptance yeah and it's finding that middle way because I could definitely see myself in the middle of a painting and just being like that's it. I'm just going to throw it in the trash, which is yeah. also how I've related to yoga and plenty of other things in the past where it's like, Oh, I might as well quit. And then having that opportunity to be like, hang on a second. <laughs> There's another way to feel here. And it's amazing how parallel the processes are. Cause when you were talking about beginning painters, it made me also think about 
um, beginning yoga students and how scary that is stepping onto the mat for the first time and thinking, mm -hmm. I don't know if I know how to move my body or if I'll able, be able to participate and working through the process. I feel like it's really similar to what you just described. Absolutely. And I, I often teach uh, students that have never picked up a paintbrush before or they haven't since they were kids. And so right. it's that same just vulnerability of being a beginner. You know, I think it's really it's it's a one of the best things we can do as adults is to put ourselves in those positions where we're new at something because it's we learn so much. We learn so much. It's great. It's true. Yeah. Are there any lessons that you see unfolding for your students kind of time and time again, or just common themes that come up? I'm interested in what those might be. Sure. Well, I, I really see that the process, um, it's like it holds a mirror up to people. So whatever they are needing to work on in their lives, it'll probably show up. Ah. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's different for everybody. Um, for example, if, if a, if a, person is really working with control issues um, in, in needing to let go more and sort of let go of like having to be in control all the time. Yeah, I can't relate to that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, uh, that's a big one, you know, that's a big one for people because to, to, to ask them to not know where it's all going is... Um, yeah, that's a great lesson that, that they, I just, I try to frame it in terms of, we're just practicing, like the canvas is a place to practice things that we want to have more of in our own lives, mm -hmm. you know, and so what a forgiving and loving environment to be able to like really try stuff on and practice, even though sometimes it feels really challenging. Right. Um, it's just paint. It's just a canvas. It's not you know, anything more than that, truly. So, right. um, so that, that can be a, a great way to just, you know, remember that it's, um, you know, it's, we're all in pro we're all in works in progress, right. In different ways. So, right. um, another, you know, the opposite side of that one that comes up for people is, uh, for those people who have a hard time making commitments, mm. um, you know, they're really comfortable in the sort of, vague whatever land <laughs> <laughs> right because um, there comes a time in in the painting process where it's time to I always say make a strong commitment and stay open to change so ah. that's how we move the paintings forward if we're just randomly making marks forever and ever then we're just randomly making marks forever and ever but if we decide okay I'm going to I, I, I frame it in the idea of working with what's working so you make all these marks and then you step back and you ask yourself what's working. Um, so maybe blue dots are working. So then make a commitment to blue dots for a while mm. and see where that goes. But while you're making that commitment, understand that things could change in the next layer. So it's, a, it's a, again, like one of those great metaphors of, of, you know, when we're in life, it's not about just always being like floating and, and like being pulled in different directions. We are required to make commitments and make strong commitments. And that's how we move our, move our lives forward. And so can we, can we do that while still, you know, knowing that there, there can always be room for, for recalibration and spontaneity and, and adjustments. Right. It's kind of like that balance between effort and ease that we talk about sometimes in yoga. 
Yes, that's such a, I love that. I love that. It, it translates really beautifully onto the canvas and, and on into life mm-hmm. as well. That's great. What have you learned through art and painting that you wish all yoga teachers knew? Mm, this is a good question. I think um, <laughs> for me, uh, coming back to the present moment um, and and understanding that, you know, like, it, you know, I always talk about vulnerability with my students. And so for me, that's a, it's a, great one for me to be reminded of is like staying present with each student, staying, staying vulnerable to, you know, what I know and what I don't know and really like owning what I don't know and owning that, Hey, this is my way. And this is something that I've learned. And, you know, I'd love for you to try it on, but you know, I, I'm always really encouraging my students to find their own way. And Mm. that's how, that's how paintings actually become, authentic and like really unique to each person where we're not just making paintings that look like the teacher's paintings. So that's been a big one for me is to how to like gently, um, you know, it's again, it's like that, that balance of sort of effort and letting go. It's like, how do you gently guide your students in a way that is loving and caring and compassionate, but also, you know, sort of sending them on their way and giving them those moments of, um, you know, stepping off the, the edge of what is comfortable. So mm-hmm. I think I answered that in a few different ways, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that's <laughs> good. All came to mind. Well, it reminds me of what I really try to do with my teaching in yoga, which is to help people figure out exactly like you're saying, how do they customize the practice? How do they make the yoga poses fit them rather than the other way around? And it sounds like that's really similar. Okay, so we talked about what you wish yoga teachers knew about art and painting, and I think we've kind of touched on the reverse, but I'm interested in um, if you have any other thoughts on what you wish artists knew about yoga or that they could learn from it. Well, I, I'm, I'm a, obviously a huge fan of yoga, and I, I love um, how the practice of yoga can be like I, I wrote a newsletter recently that was like, called "It's All Yoga," <laughs> you know, yeah. it's that idea that like it's not, it doesn't have to look a certain way. Um, I think sometimes we get these ideas uh, about things like, oh, yoga looks like yoga mats and you know, skinny people and bending backwards and right. <laughs> and, and it's under and then like and painting looks like having this studio and having this whole thing and these beautiful creations and, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think it's just so helpful to realize that things can be done in lots and lots of different ways. And in fact, that is like where the juiciness comes from is, Mm. is, you know, I love when a student comes in the room and, and just starts to do it their way. And I'm like, wow, I've never seen that done that or I've never seen that kind of painting tool or that approach. And, and I just, I think it's so helpful to, you know, uh, to, to, to touch back into what feels good for us, you know, and there's this, I think, tendency these days because of the access we have to everybody else and through social media and everybody's reading everybody else's blogs. And it's really, really easy to compare, you know, it's really easy to, to look at someone else and say, oh, that's how it's supposed to look. And I think that the most valuable thing we can do is realize that 
what comes naturally to us, what feels exciting to us, what happens in our quiet, knowing moments is actually our greatest gift to the world. Yeah. And so that can be translated, you know, and on the mat, on the canvas, in life, um, it's really universal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think it feels hard to know that, but what I find, and I'm interested to hear if it's similar for you, is that if I can just give myself a little bit of quiet and a few breaths, that answer comes right up. I might not like it or I might want to ignore it, um, but I find that it will arrive if I can give myself that space. Is that true for you? Absolutely. I think this is a huge one for me right now, just that understanding that that it is in those quiet whether it's walking whether it's yoga meditation uh whatever it is in the bathtub you know whatever you need to do to give yourself quiet spacious unconnected to the outer world you know it's like don't have your phone right there with you like you know really truly give yourself these breaths of of spaciousness in between all of this information that's coming at us all the time, that that is like the biggest gift that you can give yourself. So I've been really trying to be conscious of that lately. And like, you know, I just took Facebook and my email off my phone and I'm, you know, going for a walk every morning before I get on the computer. And Mm, I'm just, you know, that those little things that create that spaciousness and it's in those spaces that I get my best inspiration. You know, it's like what I do want to have next to me is a pen and paper. Right. (laughs) In those, because it's like, finally, when I just can calm it down, I, the clarity comes. Yeah. And so it's just a, but, but we have to be, it's like a, it's a, we have to be discerning. We have to be discerning and disciplined these days because it's just so easy to get caught up in this world of every single day. And I think, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a practice, just like everything, it's practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it was reminding me of what you were saying earlier about asking your students to make a commitment on the canvas at a certain point. Mm-hmm. It feels like at a certain point we have to make a commitment to, for me, same thing, meditating or yoga before I get on the computer, because once I do, I'm gone for the rest of the day, most likely. You know, I'm just like down a hole of working. <laughs> yep. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I also wanted to ask you, we'll we'll probably have um, yoga students listening, yoga teachers who might be really interested in the next steps with um, more of a creative process. So I'm wondering what you recommend people do to get started with that if they're thinking, okay, this is another way that I would love to work with self-love and just kind of give all this a try. Well, I always encourage people just to to work with whatever mediums feel interesting and exciting. Mm. So, you know, whether that might look like writing, that might look like photography, that might look like painting um, or playing an instrument. So I think just coming from that place of like true sort of interest and, you know, having that giddy feeling of like, wow, it would be so cool to pick up a paintbrush and play with color well then there you go that like notice what that where that feeling leads you what it leads you to and then there's just an amazing amount of resources these days through online courses and blogs and books um i i offer a five-week painting course that happens three times a year and it's 
really a cool experience in that there's a community of people from all over the world that join. And, you know, we have a private Facebook group. So there's a real community that forms around the work. And I just see it all the time where people are like finding their creative tribes and having the support system. So I think that can be one really great way to start something uh, with a little bit of guidance yeah. uh, versus, you know, just trying to figure it out on your own. But I also think there's a lot of value in, in figuring it out on your own, in just getting whatever supplies you need, if, if that's pastels or crayons or paint, whatever it is, and just like giving yourself again, those moments of quiet and, you know, log off and maybe play some music you love and light a candle and just follow the brush, you know, like just get the pen on the paper and see what happens. Cause there's, there's so many stories that can get in our way that, that people have um, come to believe based on whatever someone told them in their childhood about if they're an artist or not. And it's, you know, just really remember that we're all artists. We all were born with this creative capacity. It's actually part of being human. And so it's really just up to us to remember that and then to act on it in whatever way feels inspiring. Mm, Thank you. If people want to find out more about your class or anything else that you're offering, what's the best way for them to do that? My website is the best place to go for all of that um, information. So florabowley.com. And yeah, I have links to my in-person retreats, online course, my book, which is Brave Intuitive Painting. And yeah, all sorts of great information on there to get people started. Wonderful. And we'll link all that stuff up for listeners. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Flora? I'm just so grateful to be here. I really love the um, the connections that you're making between all of, you know, the, the creative process and the, the self-love. And it's just, it's, it's just different sides of the same coin. So I'm just grateful that, you know, you're, you're having the, the, the wisdom to, to bring it together. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Bet. And thanks to everyone who is listening and we will see you for the next Love Curvy Yoga podcast. Thanks everybody. Thank you.